Welcome to the Nude Attitude, where we shatter the mirrored ceiling, worship our sexy selves, and talk about all things holy. This is a safe place where we will be throwing around confidence like confetti and applauding people flaunting their bodies no matter the size, color, gender, or ability. I'm your host, Madeline Gregg, and we're about to dive into the lady pond or whatever gender you prefer to sink into. So raise your glasses high and cheers to your slut side in this nude revolution. start with some icebreakers what's your name and what do you prefer to be called Uh, my name is Nikki and I prefer to be called Nikki (laughs) (laughs) what are your what are your pronouns Uh, my pronouns are she her what's your sexual orientation I identify as a lesbian Uh, what's your favorite position I like to be on top okay (laughs) Um, what's the last porn you watched Oh, wow. I don't even know. What's the last? Uh, I, I definitely watched girl on girl porn and it was not like an accurate representation. I was kind of just researching actually. <laughs> You're researching. I do that too. Or sometimes I fall into like porn rabbit holes where like I see something. I'm just like, okay, well now we're just doing this for science. Like we're not even yeah. doing this to get off anymore. So I would say it's for science. Um, yeah. I, the last the last time was fully for science like I just wanted to see what was going on in that situation and what people are getting wrong basically yeah or what what porn is showing us that's probably not the best approach I 100% feel that uh, what's the most amount of people you've had sex with at one time just one uh, what do you think your most attractive feature is my ass yeah what feature feature do you struggle to love the most um I don't love my feet I'm just really not into them at all I just think they're not pretty feet okay I mean there's like you know there's people that love that but okay (laughs) what feature do you notice in someone that you're attracted to first um I want to say I want to say smile for sure and how do you unwind? I watch disgustingly trashy television shows. That's, I do too. It just does it for me. I do too. I'm like a Bravo-aholic. Yeah, they're just, the reality shows are just so, and it doesn't have to be reality. It just has to be mindless. Yeah. But like, has to be. yeah, anybody on a yacht. Below zero, below deck. of dollars. I want people to be buying houses. I can't even step foot in. Yes. 100%. I I want to like fully pretend that I'm living the life that you are living in that show. Exactly. (laughs) So it has to be glamorous. Exactly. (laughs) You get me. I'm glad. (laughs) I found my people. (laughs) Yes. Okay, so Nikki, I brought you onto this podcast um, because you are a certified sex coach. 
I am. Yeah, um, I am a certified sex, love, and relationship coach. I went to Loveology University and studied under Dr. Ava Cadell, and I learned a lot of really cool stuff. So, yeah. That's awesome. How long did it take for you to get a certification? So you can do it at your own pace. So this is all stuff that I was have been studying and researching for years because it's been of particular interest to me. Um, and then I decided to get certified just so I could make sure that I was putting actual facts out there into the world. Yeah. You don't need to necessarily be certified to be um, a love coach or a relationship coach or a sex coach, but I just figured it was better to kind of have that Um, so I, it took me, it ended up taking me six months, I believe. Um, you do it at your own pace. You go through each section and then you take the test at the end. That's awesome. Well, Mazel Tov, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. So how did you go, because you're a hairstylist, right? I am. How did you go from being a hairstylist or you're still a hairstylist to a sex and relationship coach? Well, number one, I felt like people were always coming to me when I was doing their hair for relationship advice. And um, they people tell their hairstylist everything. That's so true. They really divulge and they really want my advice in those areas. In okay, those I think a part of it is because like you are at your ugliest point when you have wet hair and a middle part and you feel like you can <laughs> tell your hairstylist literally anything in the world you, because you they can. see you at your worst. <laughs> yes. No, you, and people do. And uh, I was always giving out advice. So I always, um, everyone always told me I should write a book. So I figured, you know. Then I started talking about this stuff on TikTok, kind of just joking around. Um, I started TikToking back in March just for fun during quarantine. I, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously my salon got shut down uh, and my life was kind of totally thrown for a loop. And I started TikToking and I made a few jokes about about, um, sex with men. And that really took off and people started coming to me for advice. And I was like, you know what? Here we go. Let's, Let's just do this. Okay. Okay, so I specifically asked you on here to talk about sex and different sexes because it's fascinating. And I think it's we both totally. have like that kind of in common because I mean, I, I'm fascinated on the whole subject of the, the matter. So tell me your history on sex and different sexes. Yeah, so I, um, I predominantly, the sex that I've had has mostly been with uh, cisgender men. And, um, until my later years, I had always kind of hooked up with women as well and, um, did have sex with some women, but I didn't want to date them. So for whatever reason, I had a lot of internalized, uh, misogyny that, or internalized homophobia too, that I had to really address to be able to come out. But I would say, the vast majority was with men. I was married to two different men in my 20s. One I married when I was 18. He was in the military. Um, We were married for four years. And the other one was kind of somewhat of like a, I guess, like a a quickie kind of thing. And uh, that didn't work out. Just a quickie marriage kind of thing. Yeah, just like a real quick maybe it's like very, a year. Very Britney Spears. It's no big deal. Exactly. Exactly. I was, I was like a Kardashian before I even knew it. So, 
<laughs> Except none of the guys had any money. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, no. Um, but yeah, so that was my experience. I actually never um, had an orgasm with a man before. Never? Never, never. So never, what did you, how did you think of sex when you were with men? Um, as something that, as an obligation, kind of, to be mm-hmm. honest with you, I thought of it as an obligation. It was not enjoyable for me whatsoever. And it actually hurt. So mm-hmm. um, I think that's also how kind of culture like leads up to it. And especially like 50s culture and, you know, how our parents, at least my parents always talked about it and probably her parents talked about it too. It's like you have sex to have babies and that's, that's basically it. And you're not even supposed to really enjoy it. And like, you know, that's how it is. Yes, I agree. And then also I would have my girlfriends telling me that they were enjoying their experiences with men. And, um, you know, most of my girlfriends were straight. I, I had never really even been around gay people in my life or bi people or anything like that. So, Mm -hmm. um, and they were all like, no, no, we love it. We're not having any problem orgasming. We, we, we are so into this. And I'm like, how? I don't believe, like, I just don't even believe that you can be. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure that they actually were. It just, I, in my experience, it wasn't the case. Mm-hmm. So did you, were you trying to explore yourself or did you just accept that like sex kind of wasn't for you at that time? I mean, I definitely masturbated every chance I got, um, oh, yeah. but the, yeah, but the actual, but the actual act of having sex. No, I mean, I guess I just accepted that I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I kind of, I even like played toyed around with the idea that I might be asexual at one point because I was like, I really hate this. Like it, yeah. I once yawned in the middle of and I got I mean that's horrible I know and I know that but I was so bored it's bad it's really bad I, I didn't even know I did it it was like a something of a Freudian slip it's like just casually checking your phone while having sex my brain wasn't even there it yeah was, okay yeah, so. then to switch gears how was your first sexual encounter with a cisgender female yeah, it was really good. Um, You're like, yeah, no, then I really knew I was a lesbian. <laughs> but I still didn't accept that. It, Why? It was because I, in my head, I was like, I am more sexually attracted to women. I enjoy having sex with women more than I do with men. I actually can orgasm. I, it doesn't hurt, you know but I still don't want to date a woman. Like I want to be with a man. I want it to be easy. I want to have, I, I want to marry a man, have kids, have that perfect little cookie cutter picket fence life. Yeah. And I can't be bothered with this. Uh... And even at the time when I was exploring my, when I was really exploring my sexuality or starting to gay marriage, wasn't even legal yet. Yeah. No, it's just it... another it's yeah. still brand new to me and it's still like kind of blows my mind that I'm like oh that's that's an option <laughs> yeah exactly um because I was I was exploring and I'm like oh and then I wouldn't be able to marry them and just all this mm-hmm. all this stuff that I was just like no I, I told myself all these reasons why I couldn't date a woman yeah mm-hmm. so <laughs> I have so many questions on this just on a personal level <laughs> I'm just no, like, it's so cool. how did you even get in bed with them if like you didn't see a future? Were you just exploring? Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, okay. I could understand that. 
Yeah, absolutely. And there was like an, an aspect to it where there was like an on there were like ongoing like flirty relationships that would go on for years and years and years. Um that were just always there, but I just could not like take that plunge. Yeah. So how was it different, like going from men to women? Um, number one, there was a lot more communication. Mm-hmm. Um, where I, there was talk about prior to preferences, uh, like, you know, uh, yes, I do. Actually, my first encounter with the communication was going from vanilla sex to kinky sex. I was like, why are you, why are you asking me this many questions? Aren't we supposed to just do it? And they're like, no, that's not how this works. (laughs) That's actually really interesting. I'd love to hear about that. (laughs) Yeah. We'll talk about it later. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I, yeah, so it was really different. There was a ton of communication. Um, I got to actually say the words. I'm like, I don't like penetration. I don't like anything up there. Mm -hmm. That does not feel good for me. And it hurts. Um, and I, I guess I didn't even realize that it was an option not to have that. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah, we just communicated and figured it out and uh, it was really enjoyable and there were multiple orgasms to be had and it was way different. There was a lot, you know, because I can only have an orgasm from clitoral stimulation. I, as, as with most cisgender women, mm-hmm. um, I was able to, because the focus was on that. Like we knew that and we put the focus on that mm-hmm. and vice versa for the other person. Yeah. And you've said that the duration was different. Oh, so much longer. <laughs> you're like, oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> like you're I'm used to like at this point, at that point, I'm used to like 10 thrusts and done. And I'm just like, just okay, just get it over with because this isn't doing anything for me. Oh my goodness. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, this is like, I feel like we've been, but with a woman, I'm like, I feel like we've been doing this for hours. Do we get a what? snack break? Like, is this scheduled in? <laughs> I, I think I'm going to need to take a snack break. I really yeah. do. Or at least water. I've been there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I think I'm going to need water. And yeah. I almost didn't even know that you could have multiple multiple orgasms like that it is possible I'm like wow you can just so you get sensitive and then you could just keep going yes instead of just like (laughs) I'm like yeah (laughs) uh, yeah yeah that was really cool so yeah anyway great experience yeah so you're like just reminiscing it was wonderful it's it's been it's been it's been all around good since I made the switch (laughs) (laughs) I'm really proud of you great thank you yeah Thank you very much. So let's talk about masturbation a little bit. Sure. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Because I think it's really, really important and especially to discover yourself. And I think it kind of goes hand in hand in like discovering yourself and what you like, especially when like you're having issues with sex and a partner. Yeah, definitely. I think self-exploration and self-play is kind of the key to being able to communicate what you like with your partner, because how are you going to be able to really tell them and communicate with them if you don't even know what you like? Mm -hmm. So I think that's so important to, first of all, it's also a great stress (laughs) reliever. 
It's the um, best way to fall asleep. <laughs> yes. And it even also prevents period cramps, which is cool. Does. It absolutely yeah. does. Or helps them. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it prevent, doesn't but, prevent it, but you know, yeah. But, but helps, but helps. Yeah. So that's really, uh, yeah. So it's a stress reliever. It, it's self-exploration and kind of being in touch with your own body and then being able to communicate that when you're with someone else to, for them to tell them what they can do and what you actually like and be able to communicate it in a way that matters. I, I love a vibrator, but I think I I love a good vibrator. (laughs) uh, Yes. Yeah. I I mean, I think vibrators are great, but I think that I actually, I don't know. I I've actually never looked into the science on this, but I think I maybe overdid it for a while. Yeah. I think I, I think, I think I definitely overdid it and then became desensitized a little bit. So Mm -hmm. Um, because nothing can compete with that. Yeah. I mean, it's unfair. <laughs> it's just an unfair thing. It's not fair. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I definitely, I, <laughs> I did a lot of that when I was with men, you know, and, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I was so desensitized. Yeah. So what do you say to people who have shame around masturbation? Um, there's actually, it's, natural there's absolutely nothing wrong with it and it's just a great kind of routine to add into your life it is it's healthy Um, yeah it's healthy but I mean I think at one point all of us probably had shame around that or at least most people I know I did um especially when I was a little bit younger I was like this is wrong right Yeah. Well, I think it's the whole idea of like your parents, like, of course, will walk in on you, especially when you're younger and exploring yourself, yourself. And they're just like, oh, touch ourselves. And you're like, oh, then I, okay. Like, yes, we do. Yeah, of (laughs) course we do. (laughs) Yeah. So I definitely, there, there was always that shame attached to it, I think. And uh, even my girlfriends didn't really talk about it um, growing up. Like, and by girlfriends, I mean, platonic girlfriends, they didn't, they were like, no, I don't do that. And I'm like, really? Oh, okay. never mind. (laughs) How could that be? I feel like masturbation is probably like one of the first things I talk about with like my, my girlfriend, like my friends, my drinking buddies Mm -hmm. when like before the pandemic, obviously when like we would go out and have drinks and get appetizers. Imagine right what a I, we used to live in I daydream about it a lot I yeah. I miss I miss a cocktail with a friend in a bar or yeah. a restaurant a restaurant about masturbation yeah just and having the most disgusting combos it was great <laughs> yeah absolutely that's completely part of it it honestly was <laughs> <laughs> no but I have had a lot of friends be like oh I got my boobs done do you want to feel them and I'm like I guess. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. No, one of my friends, she got her boobs on and she was just like, and they like changed where the nipple was. I'm like, no, they did not. And she's just like, do you want to see it? I was like, yes. And I want a play by play of how they did it. Cause I think it's fascinating. I'm fascinated. Yeah. They I, like literally took a cookie your cutter and cut her nipple and like changed where what? Right. Is, is that standard practice? Yes, it is. There. So Wow. So they really move the nipple a lot of the time or only sometimes or they move it. I don't know, but she breastfed. So it was like kind of down a lot. Oh, so it was down there. Yeah. Yeah. It was fascinating. I was like, I do want to, I absolutely do want to see it. Yes. 
how could you not want to see that? I mean, right. I was like, yes, if, absolutely. Show me your titties. I want to see it. All. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. I've had friends show me that I've had friends show me their botched uh, breast augmentations. I mean, I'm here for it all. I want to see what's going on. Is it really like appetizers and drinks if you don't whip out titties? I mean, like really? It's not. It's, it's not. not. It's not. The answer is that's no. not. But that's not the happy hour that I would like to attend. <laughs> <Same>. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. It's on my, the RSVP. <laughs> and my happy out. hour conversations are kind of like so cringy. I think. <laughs> You're what? My happy hour conversations, I think, are so cringy. Like, I'm saying like, if anybody's listening into that conversation, it's kind of a lot like the conversation we're having right now, but you're like, if anybody's listening in on this conversation, who's just trying to have a meal with their family. (laughs) No, it's unacceptable. (laughs) Trust me. (laughs) Whenever I would talk to the host, I'd be like, okay, you should probably not sit as close to anybody. Trust me. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You don't want us close to anybody. Yeah, I I don't belong in family establishments. I really I just don't. don't. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, we'll just get our food to go and eat on the sidewalk. <laughs> that, that's what we're gonna have to do. Yeah. yeah. Now you can get drinks to go, which is a new thing, which is great. So. I know. I know. I know. It's it, it really is great. So fun. Okay, back to porn. <laughs> oh yeah, porn, porn. Yeah, more cringe-worthy topics that yeah. I would probably talk about during cocktails. Anyways. Okay. So yeah, actually porn, it's on our list to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like with heterosexual normality and like, that's how we all learn how to have sex. Basically we watch porn and we're like, Oh, this is, this is how it's supposed to work. Right. No. I, I wouldn't, I don't think that it's an accurate representation but I do see that I think a lot of people learn from porn and kind of translate that into their actual life mm-hmm. and I've, I've seen that in a lot of experiences that I've had where um, there wasn't really foreplay um, you're just going right in for the right in for the penetration and of course it hurt yeah of course it hurt you know that that's like 20 it, the vagina to be takes about 20 to 40 minutes to become fully aroused. So yes, anything before that could be incredibly painful. And I, no one ever taught me that. Um, these are things that we don't talk about. And like, it's honestly things that they should include in sex ed because you know, it's like sex ed. If you're teaching people like how babies are made, this kind of goes yeah. along with it. And what a disservice not to right? know these things. Right? If you're going to teach yeah. people how to put like condom on a banana, teach teach them where the clitoris is. Like, come on. It's not that hard to find. It's, it's very like, much a stationary object. Like, come on. <laughs> and yet there was always in my, in my sex life, uh, kind of a where's Waldo kind of, kind of hunt <laughs> for it. Yeah. Um, no, that's my labia. No. <laughs> Yeah. And I just did not have the heart to tell anybody that they, in the past, you know, um, it's incredible how bossy you get though. Like when, or I say bossy, but it's really not bossy. You're just telling them how to like explore your body, but like, you're just like, no, that's not it. No, that's just not, that's just not the one. Yeah. 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 And it's like putting the stereotypical, like bossy or like top or whatever, like word you want to put on it. It's really not accurate. No, 
It's just telling them how to like work your body. Like this is how you could make the experience more enjoyable for me. And both of us, because who doesn't want to make somebody else come? Right. No, I agree. Come on. Come on. I, I feel, I feel like most people, most people would want that. Yeah, I agree. It's interesting in my TikToks when, when uh, I'll get a couple of comments from men that are like, we, uh, we don't care if, if, if you finish. And I'm like, what? Why are you here? That happened. I get a lot of those comments actually. And I'm like, I haven't gotten any of those yet. Okay, but I get a lot of hate because I'm. I think you. I think you put things a lot more eloquently than I do, and I. Um, <laughs> I. I put myself out there for attack. Um, <laughs> I also I, don't have as many followers as you do. No, no, it's fine. I go, you know, I go straight for the jugular, so I totally understand why. <laughs> no, I just get a whole bunch of like, I'll change your mind about men. I'm like, I don't have a beef with men. That's not read between the lines. I'm pansexual. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's men like you who say that you're going to change your mind. That's the issue I have. Exactly. I, I also have no beef with men. And that is that I think a lot of people assume that I have beef with men because of the things that I say. And I'm like, no, this is, it's toxic masculinity that I have beef with. And yeah. the people who are commenting to fight with me are the prime example of that. Absolutely. I mean, there are some really awesome guys that are like taking notes over here, you know? Yes. Yeah. And I uh, honestly can tell the ones cause like they'll actually message me on, they'll like carry on like really fun, great conversations. And then I'll just get the ones that are just like, you just whap the cervix until they scream into the pillows. I'm like, okay. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that you're in my uterus right now and it's just not working for me personally. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I just thought that was what it was supposed to feel like. And then I also learned something that I learned in smushy school, as I like to call it, Um, you know, the censorship on, (laughs) <laughs> the censorship that There's we have no to censorship go through. There's censorship on so. here. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. So smushy is the word that I use for vagina, vulva, yeah. all of the above. Um, something I learned is that when you're, when the vagina is properly aroused, it actually expands, making you more room. Mm-hmm. And anything before that, you really, no wonder it feels like you're hitting a wall. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, it's amazing what you can fit up there once you're properly aroused. Right. And I don't think that I had ever gotten properly aroused. Yeah. And the other problem is like when people are just like, oh, well, I'll just come in two minutes like with my wand. I'm like, yeah, but you're not like actual. I mean, like, yes, you are orgasming, but you're not like. You're not, <laughs> you're not actually. You're not. Yes, you are, but you're not actually. Yeah. Like the connection isn't there necessarily. Yeah. yeah. It's a difference between like being properly aroused and a forced orgasm because you can mm-hmm. do forced orgasms all day long, but you're not going to like properly have like a full body euphoric orgasm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the I feel like I'm just to... preaching to the choir right now. But... No, but the work, but the work needs to be put in. Um, right. And I, I really didn't, I didn't realize the extent of 
how much that was the case until I start until I actually went to school and became and got certified, even though a lot of the stuff is honestly Googleable. It is. <laughs> um, it is. It totally is. But um, regardless, it was all there compact in the form of a in the form of lessons there for me. So I'm glad that I did it. But I was like, wow, all that time, I, it was just it was just wrong that I, I wasn't there was no proper foreplay. Um, and we just went straight for it. There was no lubricant, which is so important. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like even if you think you have a WAP, it's still like important to have lube right there. Yeah. And I also never had a WAP. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, with in those experiences, anyway, it's different now. Yeah. It's amazing <laughs> what happens when you find people that you're attracted to. Yeah. Times like, have changed. But then also a lot of people, because I do speak a lot from my own sexual experience with men, people will say, you know, maybe it's just because you're a lesbian that you didn't enjoy it. And I'm like, you can still shut your eyes and think about something else. Like I would know if it felt good. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is. uh, It's important to be attracted to the person and be with the person. But I'm genuinely saying that it, it hurt, you know, Yeah. like it wasn't good. I would know if it felt good. Yeah. I think that's actually goes into our next topic of arousal time, which is so incredibly important. And we kind of already touched on, but like proper arousal time is like 20 to 40 minutes. It's not like, it's not just like five minutes of like nibbling on an ear and then you can like have sex. Right. Exactly. And I actually don't, I don't consider, um, eating, eating pussy as foreplay. Mm Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's core play. So I'm saying, so what I recommend is don't even go, don't even go down there yet. Mm-hmm. Really do a lot of kissing, massaging. Um, I mean, you can touch, but you really want to build up that anticipation. Yes, absolutely. Also lesbians don't know what a quickie is. So truth. Yeah. So true. Yeah, there's no such thing. I mean, quickies just don't, if you don't have two hours on the schedule, it's just not going to happen today. It's just not a thing. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's not a thing. Reschedule. Yeah. (laughs) That's so true. The proper time needs to put in. I want to, needs to be put in. I want to continue to really preach that. Well, yeah, because if you're putting in your proper time of like 40 minutes of like foreplay, I mean, like you don't want to use up that 40 40 minutes and then only have like five minutes to actually have court play right exactly because that's that's the cake you know yeah fill up on the appetizers exactly but you know and it also helps the whole because I do also have a lot of cisgender men reach out to me and say they're not lasting long enough and I'm like well you can really build (laughs) penetration doesn't need to be a long thing Mm-hmm. that doesn't that doesn't need to be the bulk of the sexual experience mm-hmm. you know there could be so much leading up to that that will help you kind of like anticipate and last a little bit longer and draw out the whole experience um I I did a study that most I I didn't do a study I read a study um and I don't know exactly I don't know exactly where oh I think it was a Kinsey study actually um so the average that most people would prefer penetration to last was between seven and 13 minutes. Hmm. Yeah. Um, 
that that was the average. So I, I thought that was really interesting. And I'm like, Jeez, there's a lot. People just don't want to have sex for a long time. <laughs> I know, but I'm saying like, there's so much more to sex than penetration. Yeah. I just want to be railed into a mattress for two hours and lose my voice though. I, I really You're I like, love I that. respect that, but respect that's that, not but the I majority. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, that doesn't hurt. No. Wow. Amazing. <laughs> that would just not work for me at all. But you know, that's just a testament to how different people's bodies are. And uh, yeah, definitely. I feel like I was built to be doing that. Yeah, that's awesome. I have a great my body just before. that's great. My body just rejects it. Yeah, no. Even I'm you know what married to somebody that like I'm incredibly attracted to who like knows my body like all up and down. Um we've been together for eleven years. Wow. So, yeah. That that is amazing. Yeah. Subtle that's, flex. that's a great what'd you say that no that that's a great that's a great flex I that, yeah. that's the best flex how could it not be so I'm excited to have a certified sex coach on here so let's talk about tips and tricks for the clit yeah okay um I love the clit you know I call it the magic bean all the time and <laughs> and it really is I think that um so again, communication is a big thing because some people do like uh, a stronger motion than others, but I would say for the most part, the general rule of thumb would be to be incredibly gentle with it. Um, I think a lot of people think harder is better and that's not typically the case. Again, communication because everyone has different wants and needs, but from my understanding and from just like people that I've interviewed and talked to, the general consensus is that a lot of times it's too hard and too fast. So mm -hmm. um, slow down, um, cut your nails. Absolutely. If cut it's going to be nails. God, that's so fucking true. <laughs> yeah. If it's, if, if you're using your fingers, um, if you're using, and also a lot of it since, um, since most vulva vagina owners actually don't, orgasm from penetration alone. Uh, see, I'm trying not to say the words the way that I do on TikTok. I actively have to think about it. What, to actual, owners? To, I'm about to say shmenetration. Oh, gotcha. Um, um, <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. yeah, that's how I talk now. So yeah. <laughs> I, I think I think that's really important because a lot is to incorporate uh, clitoral stimulation into penetration, mm -hmm. to have a toy that um, that your partner can use during so that they're getting that stimulation with the penetration, because for the most part, um, it would be a lot more enjoyable for the person. Yeah. And in my experience, a lot of men who I've had sex with have thought it was kind of a, an insult to them if I needed to use a vibrator during intercourse. I know. Why is that? And I, I don't know. I don't know why it's such a jab to the manhood. I, I don't understand why, because it's really just anatomical. It's not, yeah. it has nothing to do with your size or your performance, but I think that there, that that's another societal thing, I would yeah. say. So a little bit of story time. So I used to have this like notion that like, I wasn't allowed, quote unquote, allowed with air quotes to like touch myself during sex, which is not true in the slightest. I totally do now. 
because like I was taking away a job that my partner had during sex. It was the whole idea that like they're supposed to be doing it. They're supposed to be like helping me achieve orgasm versus us working together to achieve orgasm for the both of us. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think it's, uh, I think we have to take ownership of our own orgasm. Yeah. And, and absolutely make it a team effort. Um, yeah. So I would say incorporate that and like, don't take it as a, a jab to your ego. If, if someone needs that, in fact, in most circumstances, it really enhances the entire experience. Yes, absolutely. Because you do have contractions when you have a clitoral orgasm, which like obviously mm-hmm. makes you tighter if you're with a penis owner. Yeah, absolutely. So I just, I think why not, you know, I I think why not? And I totally, to your point, I actually, I have had the same experiences where I was like, oh, I can't touch myself. Yeah, I know. There was like so much shame behind it. I'm just like, why? I don't want to hurt your feelings. That's that a lot of it was that. I guess it was like my like ingred, like submissive nature or whatever, which like I am am incredibly submissive but it was just the fact that like I felt like I was taking away I was taking away somebody's job which isn't true it's my own fucking body yeah I I always felt that too and in a lot of circumstances I was also made to feel that way like that wasn't an okay thing Mm -hmm. like I remember having a conversation like are you really going to use the vibrator again and I'm like I would get violent I was like, why would I not? Yeah, seriously. Uh, that person would be like, oh, be, well, it just makes me feel bad that I can't do. I'm like, you can't. There's a 0% chance that you can because it just physically cannot happen for me. Yeah, seriously. I'd be like, oh, you're going to use me you. again? Like, we're, this is what's going to happen. Like, I'm Yeah, very frustrating experience. My experience with uh, women has been remarkable in in contrast but also partly I think you're because a lesbian I, I think that's also because I, that's what I'm saying it, yeah. that's the that's the main point of the story is that I am in fact a lesbian so yeah. once I accepted that once I accepted that uh things got a lot better yeah because I do know that a lot of people enjoy their experiences that they have with cis men I just was not one of them yes I've enjoyed my experiences with cis men I mean like I'm I'm married to one. I've enjoyed my experience with them. <laughs> yeah, no, no. And a lot of people have. And there's also a difference between kind of that toxic masculine energy to somebody who's more communicative and more in touch with their feelings and not afraid to um, communicate, I guess. Yeah. And I just, uh, I will say that my choice in men was also just not, not the best. So that has mm-hmm. a lot to do with it. Mm-hmm. there was a lot of toxicity in those relationships so yeah so the bean touch it clip your nails yeah get to know vibrator, it clip your nails make sure it's vibrating absolutely um yeah just don't go too hard just don't go too hard on the bean don't flick then it, it. no, no don't actually flick flick the bean is just a figure of speech yeah, please don't flick it <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any closing remarks? Um, no, I mean, this has been fun. I <laughs> thank you for having me on the show. 
<laughs> thanks for thanks for coming. <laughs> thanks for speaking with me tonight. I, I really <laughs> appreciate it. Yeah, no, it was definitely fun. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks again for um, having me come on. And oh, I guess if anyone wants to listen to my smushy talk, I could tell them how to do that. Um, yeah, Nikki Wildflower. So plug um, your shit. And I'll yeah, link all uh, of it on your um your episode page. Cool. Um, so I have my TikTok is where I talk a lot about it, and that's Nikki Wildflower. And then my I also have a Patreon for kind of more in-depth stuff, but not just I mean it's sex, relationships, um, mindset. So it's all kinds of cool stuff. No, it's great. I'm so excited for you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. This has been The Nude Attitude, a podcast focusing on radical body acceptance and anti-slut shaming from a true hoe. If you want to interact with upcoming episodes, ask questions, or request topics, please find me on Instagram at the period nude period attitude and on Twitter at underscore nude underscore attitude and on my website, thenudeattitude.com. I'm Madeline Gregg. Hope you keep coming back for more.